0: Second Sunday of, of Advent, uh, this the season in which we join with uh, Zechariah, Mary, and Simeon. Each each character in the beginning of Luke, um, and we we encounter them in uh, a, a time of of intersecting with God, and at a time when each one demonstrates the way they've been prepared, and. To, to sing, to let the, the the song of Christ that's in their heart for it to, to break through and, and to to sing out uh, the the joy of the Lord. Last, uh, which really is what the season of Advent is about, ways that we 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 take this season to, in a sense, get away for a, a little bit to try to to, to stop and to consider. The, the, the momentous event of the incarnation, of God becoming flesh, of, of God becoming human. So that when we get to, to Christmas, it truly is a, a celebration that we engage and, and not one that we just say, oh, thank God that's over. The What we find in Zechariah, as the angel Gabriel insected, intersected his life, And told him what the part that he was going to play, having uh, being the the father of John the Baptizer, the the one who was going to prepare the way for the Lord of all creation. What um, Zechariah? He wasn't ready for that promise. He wasn't ready to play that role. He didn't believe that God was going to do that. So Gabriel, in God's grace, said, Well, let me help you prepare. And so for nine months, Zechariah was silent. For nine months, he got away. Nine months. that He could see, he could hear, he could study, he could read, he could participate in what was going on, he could reflect on what was going on, but he couldn't say a word. And so in that nine months of of preparing, that nine months of taking it in, that that nine months of having his his faith nourished and deepened as he studied the promises of God, as he gathered with God's people. On the day that John the baptizer was born, Zechariah spoke his name and then started to sing. For then... He was prepared and ready to let the song of the Lord that was in his heart be shouted out. Now, what we find with Mary is that she was a little better prepared. We'll see as we read the passage that, that she indeed does have that, that flexibility that sometimes comes uh, with, uh, with youth, sometimes not. But she's ready. She's ready to receive this absolutely crazy idea that God is going to impregnate her and she will carry in her womb and be the the human mother of the Holy One, the very Son of God. And what we'll find is that after a little encouragement from a spiritual friend, then she's ready to sing invite you to turn with me to page 831 in your pew bible it's Luke chapter 1 starting with verse 26 and it's the passage directly after the passage we looked at last Sunday with Zechariah let's uh, pray together gracious God we give you thanks for your written word Give you thanks for the, the truth that it presents to us. The wisdom that comes from you. The way that you tell us of some of your crazy plans and ideas and invite us to participate. Help us. May, may your spirit open the eyes of our soul, the eyes of our heart to, to hear you, to see you and, and enable us. To respond with that same acceptance, that same submission, to, to participate in the very salvation of the world, to accept your invitation. Speak to us, each one of us. We ask your, your spirit to have his way in us. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 26, and we'll go through... Uh, Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now now let's just imagine this scene for a little bit. Let's be a fly on the wall with with Mary, who's who's a teenager. You know, not not much older than the salt girls that were just up here. And and she's engaged to be married, and an angel appears to her. To tell her the part that she's going to play in this magnificent plan, the redemption of the world. And what we see is that the angel comes and is filled with joy, all excited. And what we're told with Mary is that she is much perplexed and ponders what's going on. Actually, the translation of that word is is she was disturbed. I mean, I would be too if an angel showed up to me and said, hey, you're going to be pregnant. But, you know, this is often the case, this encounter of God with us. God's all excited. You know, God's joy is, hey, this is the next step of the plan. And we are perplexed, confused, and wondering, are you sure? Just how does this work? It's a natural tendency. I mean, the ways of God are different than the ways of the world. It happens over and over and over again. It happened to me in college, especially as I was, you know, biomedical engineering on my way to medical school in some way, junior, senior year along the way. Obviously, things changed. We heard uh, last week from Cindy Carlson, who was sharing with us of her, her desire to teach and to teach around here and searching for a job. And yet God spoke to her and said, you know, you got the teaching part right. It's just the location is on the other side of the globe. And so she heads to China. Often, this is the case with God and the world. That God comes with joy and excitement and the plan is before us. And we respond perplexed, uncertain, unsure. And that's okay. That doesn't faze God. Gabriel then with Mary... You know, shares with her, this is the joy here. If with Zechariah the fuse was lit, it's with you, Mary, that it's going to explode. This is how I'm going to explode on the scene. This is how God's going to explode on the scene, Gabriel tells her. And look at all the titles that he uses, that Gabriel uses with Mary. This baby will be from the throne of David. The king of kings the greatest king of all, this this baby of yours will take His throne. This baby will be out of the the, the tribe, the house of Jacob. And He will forever reign. His kingdom will have no end. In response to Mary's question, how in the world is this going to happen? Because I'm engaged but I'm not married. I, I haven't known a man. Well, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Holy Spirit will be the one to impregnate you. And you will be with child. You will have a baby, but this baby will be called the Holy One. The very Son of God will be in your womb. And you almost get the sense that Gabriel said, you know, I realize, I, can, I, I, I hear where you're coming from. This might be a little hard to grasp i might be a little hard to understand. Well, the same thing in a way happened to Elizabeth, your relative, who also is now with child, who they said was barren. But remember, nothing is impossible with God. And when Mary heard that word from the angel, then her great response... The the grand response that that deep in in our heart of hearts, deep in our soul, maybe on the front of our tip of our tongue, we want to emulate. Nothing is impossible with God. All right, well, here I am. I'm your servant. Let it be as you say. Isn't that the response that we wish was our natural response? When God intersects our lives with disturbing, distressing, perplexing news plans for our lives her, her response was one of great flexibility, great openness okay god i 'm yours whatever whatever you say i 'm ready to go can't you Can you feel the tug in you now to that i God, can I have a little say? You know, how, how about some of the time for you? You know, can I really trust you? I mean, that's really the, the question of the ages that we're always struggling with. Can I really trust you? Do you really know what's best for me? Do you really? And Mary was able to say yes. How do we develop that, that same kind of flexibility? Yeah, how do how do we have that kind of flexibility? Well, yeah, I'm I'm thinking physically. You know, you develop flexibility by stretching. Right? You know, you've you been doing it for 30 years, you know to exercise, you know, you, you stretch, you stretch your, your muscles, you know, you, you see folks do it all the time, athletes and want, wannabe athletes. You know, you, you, you stretch so that you, you gain more flexibility. And since it was a habit that we started even in like middle school, you know, you, 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 you develop that flexibility. And if you keep the habit of stretching, then you develop it. You know, and you know, I can still touch my toes. Of course, I had uh, Billy uh, uh, Stickle come to me after the first service. And she's 89. And she said, I can touch my toes too like way to go billy but how do we do the same thing so that we stretch our souls so that we're open so that we're ready so that when god speaks to us and leads us that we're willing and ready to go i think we stretch We practice. We put ourselves in places that are uncomfortable. Places we don't normally go. Things we don't normally do that we wouldn't do if just led by our own wisdom and insight. I mean, do things radical. Like if you usually eat at Gold Star, go to Skyline. (laughs) And vice versa. That's what the spiritual disciplines are about. That's why we, we fast. We take time in our lives to to skip a meal. Or, well, we start maybe with skipping a snack. And we survive. Then we skip a meal, maybe two, maybe even three. And we we recognize that God sustains us and, and He encourages us even. And leads us to places spiritually that we haven't gone before. It stretches us. It's why we give sacrificially of our time, of our money. We we are entrusting to God what we give, and it stretches us beyond our comfort level. So while we move beyond our comfort level to speak to others about our faith. Uh, that we, we take opportunities to, to put ourselves in places in, in conversations with those that maybe don't share our faith so that we can share ours and, and we invite them to different things that are going on throughout the Advent season whether it's Friends of the Groom, whether it's the Hope Children Choir, whether it's uh, other concerts and events. We put ourselves in uncomfortable positions. We we serve in ways that are challenging, whether it's tutoring, whether it's going to the drop-in center, city gospel mission, um, staying here uh, when we house homeless families in the church building for two weeks out of the course of this year. We do something that stretches us. Just like exercise, that makes us, in a sense, uncomfortable, so that we are more flexible and open when God intersects in our lives. It's not that we just seek change for change's sake, but but we, we prepare ourselves so that when God leads us into new places, which is always the case, it's a key thing to recognize. As mentioned here before, There's one thing that ever you hear from me. It is this. God is at work in you and in me making us more like Christ. Everything works towards that and towards the salvation of the world. That's what God is doing. And unless you are there... If you've arrived, if you are like Christ totally and completely, then that's good. If not, then God's still working on you, and that means He's going to take you to a new place. And He's going to take us to a new place as a church until we arrive. And i got news for you. We don't arrive until Jesus does. He is always at work in us, leading us to that place that is good and best, So He's always going to be taking us to a new place. There's always going to be with God an element of perplexity just like with Mary and the angel Gabriel. Probably not to that degree but it's in the same vein, in the same vector, the same direction. It's just not on God's playlist to make us comfortable. It's on His playlist to make us more like Christ so that we Bring glory to Him and continue in His plan of the salvation of the world. Now, so so Mary intersects with Gabriel. There's this uncomfortable, this much perplexity that eventually she hears from the angel. She's like, okay God, whatever you say. But she's not singing yet. She's ready to go, but she's not singing. and, And you know, you gotta wonder, you know, we we jump there, you know, verse 38 to 39. We're told she makes haste to go visit Elizabeth. Well, you know, I'm willing to bet that what that Mary, after Gabriel leaves, you know, after she says, I'm ready to do what you want, and Gabriel leaves, he, he's on his way. I'm willing. Mary's, you know, she probably went to bed that night. And she's like, What happened yesterday? You know, was that real? Did that really did Gabriel really come to me and tell me that this is the case that, that I'm going to have in my womb the mother I'm going to be, the, the the physical mother that carries in her womb the Son of God. No, that could that must have just been some bad hummus or something, you know? No way that happened. But she said, but Gabriel said, Elizabeth wonder, man, I'm going to visit Elizabeth. So she takes off to Elizabeth and there she encounters a spiritual friend. There she encounters one in which the spirit arrives with them. The baby jumps in her womb and Elizabeth speaks words of encouragement speaks words of affirmation in the spirit and then after hearing from Elizabeth her spiritual friend then Mary sings after the affirmation and encouragement from Elizabeth do you have friends like that do you have relationships like that where that happens it's really important that we do. Absolutely essential that we have those kind of relationships in order to truly give birth to the dreams of God in our lives, individually and as a church. The Willow Creek Association, which is part of the overarching association over the Willow Creek Church, which is up in Illinois and of which we're, we're a member, spent the last eight or nine years doing a study a survey of, uh, and of church members throughout the country. Now it's up to like a half million different Christians and like 500, 600 churches. And what they were seeking to do in this study was to find what helps people grow spiritually. What, what helps them to, to mature in their relationship with Christ. Yeah, it was, as they say, it's sort of like the Grinch who stole Christmas. You know, when the the x-ray, remember the x-ray of the Grinch's heart? So that you could see the heart shriveled up? Well, what they wanted this survey to be was that x-ray to see what makes the heart that's shriveled up or hard become a heart of flesh. You know, and as the x-ray does, you know, right at the end, I don't want to ruin it for you if you haven't seen it. But it shows what happens to the heart? Well, how can we begin to measure that? Was their question. How do we, we gauge that? And so they use all kinds of resources, time and energy to try to figure that out. And the two things that came to the top are the things that help lead individuals to spiritual maturity, to, to growth in Christ, to loving God and loving neighbor. These two things. Spiritual guidance and spiritual Friendship. Spiritual guidance, just a fancy way of saying we study the Bible together. We, we pursue it. We, we, we want to know it. We spend our time there because that's our story. That's the story that we want to live. That's where we find out who God is. That's where we find out what it means to be led by the Spirit in life. That, that's, that's the picture of what it means to be Jesus followers. So we are immersed in the scriptures and it's the scriptures that give us guidance. So first and foremost is relationship with the Bible. It had the greatest impact. Second was spiritual friendships. Was relationships that are formed intentionally and explicitly to talk together about relationship with God. To encourage one another. To to support one another. To hold one another accountable together. To simply, intentionally and explicitly pursue what's Jesus doing in your life today. now interesting this is sort of an aside it wasn't that uh, sermons were found to be so high on the list nor even worship gatherings now those are important but those are important more for developing community for belonging to one another what really engaged people in spiritual maturity were spiritual guidance spiritual friendship uh, and that is why the, the session, the leadership of this particular church, is seriously now considering and exploring how do we increase the time and energy and focus that we spend together on spiritual guidance and spiritual friendships as adults. I mean, in a way, if you look at the last two Sundays, Zechariah is the patron saint for spiritual guidance as he had the nine months of silence to be in the Word. And Mary and Elizabeth are the spiritual saints, the patron saints of spiritual friendships. Now, I wonder for, for each of us, do we have relationships where that is happening? I mean, I, I know we have relationships where it can happen. The question is, is it? As I can consider this, I consider even in my own family, That kind of relationship. And it's hard even then. And I spend a lot of time with my wife. I even sleep with her. It's a lot of time. we can spend a whole lot of time doing a whole bunch of other things. Planning and preparing. Doing homework. Being sure homework is done. Getting things cut. Lights up. And all those kind of things. And skip over spiritual friendship. Now, for parents, it's really fun. Try to be spiritual um, uh, friends with your uh, children. You know, just watch their eyes get as big as saucers and their face turn pale when you stop and ask them, why don't you tell me about your relationship with Jesus today? I mean, do you have relationships? Or what are the relationships where you can simply get with one another and ask explicitly and intentionally, how is it with your soul? What have you been praying about lately? What has God been teaching you recently? How are you experiencing the Spirit these days? Where's Jesus leading you today? What are your struggles with God? What are your joys with God? Or to reflect from last Sunday, are you in a thick place or a thin place? I'll uh, put these questions... And others on the blog if you want to recount them. But just some simple questions. Just pick one. And in a friendship, ask one another. For the same support and encouragement that Mary and Elizabeth had for one another. We too can have. And it just happened yesterday even. In a very simple way. In a, a, a simple conversation with, with a friend who asked me, you know, what's the sermon about tomorrow? To which I gave what I figure was 30 seconds, but probably was closer to five minutes of what the sermon was about. And that person in that interaction simply said, oh, wow, that's, that's a really neat insight. I hadn't thought about that before. To which then, you know, I was pumped. I was good for the rest of the day. It didn't matter who won any football game <laughs> after that. Because the encouragement, the affirmation in the Spirit was there. This, uh, this Advent, and this, as, we, as Advent moves into the new year, I give you these, these two learnings from Mary. What are the ways for, for you simply to put yourself to, to stretch? To put yourself in a place that, that stretches you in God? And with whom and when we simply share a question or two regularly? To, to develop a spiritual friendship for that encouragement, that support. That we need from one another. so So that we, following in Mary's footsteps, are able in our own lives to give birth to God's perplexing, crazy, glorious, wondrous plans. We need one another. To bear His plans for the salvation of the world.